Hello, language hackers. Benny here, welcoming you to episode 16 of the Language Hacking Podcast. In this episode, Shannon and I will interview footballer Will John, the founder of Goluremi and the podcast The Way of Will John, which I was actually a guest on. And in this episode, we will discuss how Will uses his football skills to become a better language learner, Will's strategies for learning languages while traveling around the world, how Will John's mum encouraged him to get started on his language journey, how to learn a language even if you can't immerse yourself in that language, and the power of rehearsal in language learning. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com slash 16. And I want to say a quick thank you to DH from Maryland, who left us a review saying that the language hacking podcasts are well-paced, excellently produced, and highly motivating. Thanks for that one, DH. If you also find these podcasts helpful or motivating, please let us know what's working for you at languagehacking.com forward slash review. We really appreciate hearing from you and we read every review. Now, on to our interview with Will John. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Language Hacking Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Shannon. Hello, I'm Shannon. And today, we will be interviewing Will. Will John, how is it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for joining us. So you have a very interesting story, different to a lot of the polyglots that we've interviewed, uh, in that you are a professional footballer. And this, of course, opens up the world to you in many different ways. And I am absolutely fascinated to hear a bit about that. So could you actually tell us uh, how your football career suddenly became an international thing and how that got you into language learning? Okay. Well, it actually starts before that. And we have my mother to to thank for that. So I am from Kansas City. Um, I'm American, but I grew up uh, speaking quite a bit of Spanish. Um, so when I would come home and want to watch Pokemon, my mom would say, no, no, no. First, you're going to have to watch this. So she had these, and I can't remember the name. It's a little green monster. I don't know. Uh, you know, Shannon, where are you from? I'm from the US as well. You're from the U.S. as well. Okay, maybe you don't remember this thing. I can't remember the name of this thing. It's really, really popular little Spanish thing. But that's what got me started. So I started speaking Spanish at quite a young age. Um, one day, I kind of discovered that Italian was kind of close to Spanish and thought, well, that's that's not bad. Let me start moving there. And uh, it was around that time that I just was beginning to start to practice and train as a professional footballer. I was maybe 16 and uh, wasn't signed. It was still going to school and in high school, but I knew this is what was was going on. And I had, I, I had my life set on becoming a, a professional footballer. And uh, so that happened. I played three years in the MLS. So that's the uh, the league in the top league in, in, uh, in America. And from there, I moved to Denmark. And uh, that was the first time I'd lived outside of the US. As most people know, they speak very good English over there, but I decided that it would be really cool to learn Danish. And from there, uh, at that time, I had and found a love of French, started studying French. Then I moved and I started playing in Eastern Europe. So I played in Croatia for three years and I also played in Azerbaijan, which um, they speak Russian. They're an ex-Soviet Union uh, nation. And um, 
so yeah, I, 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 I did that. I learned uh, German uh, and Italian without really going to those countries. Uh, I picked up Russian after obviously it was, you know, Croatian. And, and so now I'm at around eight and uh, hopefully trying to continue. So that's my more or less that story of me. What is your process for learning these languages? Obviously, you're living in the country, so you have a kind of an immersion environment and great exposure to the languages. But what's your actual strategy for learning? So, yeah, like I mentioned, I actually uh, Italian and uh, German and uh, to a, a better extent, French, I didn't have any real immersion process. I didn't get to live there until I played in, in Morocco and got to actually use French properly in that sort of setting. The actual method that I have been using in order to do it has obviously changed as I've become more efficient now than I was back then, just kind of reading books and just kind of cramming my head in. What I do now is, is, is essentially try to break down situations that I know I will find myself in. So I forget about having to know about the pink unicorn or whatever it is that the grammar book wants you to, to use as its example, because I'm never going to need to talk about that. I immediately know that the first things that I'm probably going to run across in my situation are uh, restaurants, taxis, football terms, um, discussing uh, who I am, where I'm from. Those are some kind of basic things, obviously, that most languages do. But what I do is immediately put myself in those situations. That is how I get over my immersion, especially when I'm in a place. And I even do that with sometimes when I do use tutors, we go straight. I say, Hey, I can't speak whatever, you know, Chinese, but there's a Chinese restaurant right down the street. I think this would be a good thing to do. And I'll try and rehearse as if I'm going to get into that situation and then see how far I can actually go in real life before I have to go. I can, I got to tap out. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand. So that's really at the at a core without getting into too much details of how much I'm reading, what sort of comprehensible input I, I want. That's the core because I find that to be the most essential thing. Yeah. And while working professionally in football is going to give you a very different experience, I can imagine one potential parallel with uh, traveling as a tourist is that you would you would have access to this English speaking bubble that it could be tempting that you would not need to learn the language because you could be protected by your agent and uh, fellow players who might know the language. So what's really driven you as you've traveled and as you've lived life in uh, Denmark, for instance, to truly get into learning that language, given that you could have been lazy? Well, I have to, I mean, I can't pat myself on the back entirely because I did play for two years in Finland and decided not to learn Finnish. Um, but it's not necessarily because I had a, a, a passion or didn't have a passion for it. It was because I, I thought it would be a great time for maintenance uh, and to, to make all of my other languages better. But uh, to, your, to your question, what's driving me is I have, a, I have an obsession with, with learning in general. So I read a lot. I'm constantly trying to, to do these things. And, and I, I mentioned uh, before in, our, in, in the other podcast, what this opens up for you in learning a language is not, it's not, we cannot quantify, you know, for, for anybody out there that is, that is on the fence about trying to do it, or, or you've been putting it off or procrastinating, what will drive you is having that real conversation and realizing that you would never have had that experience if you did not open up 
to this experience. And so that's what drives me. I'm, I, I, I would say that I truly have a love of learning and that's probably what's pushing me, you know, uh, to, to certain extent, it's not necessarily just driven by, Oh, it'd be great to learn X, Y, and Z language. Cause uh, it sounds cool. And so there's that I, I, you know, and just a small anecdote, I hated German. I thought it was ugly and I thought it wasn't fun. I just thought it was dumb. And probably about a month into learning it, I thought it's so orderly and it's so cool how you can combine these words. And that makes this word and you see, you start seeing it and then you hear it come out of your mouth and then it just changes the way you see something. So it's, it's just interesting that all of those things drive me, you know. You had mentioned that one of the things that really keeps you motivated is having these conversations and experiences that you wouldn't have been able to have if you didn't speak that language. Are there any particular moments that kind of stand out to you in your mind that you'd like to share? Of when I was able to or the experiences that I've that I've had or the experiences that you wouldn't have been able to have if you didn't speak the language? I'll tell you what, based on everything that I'm doing right now, I don't know. I'm getting ready to now have, we're going to have a Spanish channel, um, a, you know, within on YouTube. So everything is in, is in English on our, our YouTube channel. I run a YouTube channel where we teach about football, about life. It's comedy. There's all sorts of other stuff. It's just a lot of fun. And I'll spend some time speaking different languages in that. But I can say just practically before I go into maybe an experience, I don't know that I would be able to run my business in the way that I do without having, and this was not a, this is not something that I planned on, but we're all over the world. And uh, I've been able to call up agents, speak to them in their language. They would not be able to talk to me. That opens up a literal job opportunity for me. That's just not there because they pick up the phone. You guys have all been there. Hey, how's it going? No, no, I don't. Nothing. Hang up the phone. They don't care. They can't understand you. You call back, you speak their language. They love you now all of a sudden, you know? And so I was, I was explaining to Benny, obviously one of the times I was stranded in Egypt and I had to get the Rolodex out of languages until I, some Egyptian guy for, I didn't even ask him why he just spoke Italian. And so here I am in Cairo thinking, what in the world am I going to do? Because I can't go. I don't know. I have no one's number. This is back before all of the stuff that we have now. And he was able to take me to do everything. And I find that incredible. So yeah, I mean, I don't know off of a specific experience uh, fails me for some of the crazy ones, but it's just so practical you know, of all the things that it's opened up for me. And you say, so you're ready to get started to launch your content in Spanish. And of course, uh, a big chunk of what you do is talking about football. So as well as the, um, the cultural experiences that you'd be able to have when you get out and about, how have you intermixed your language skills with your uh, professional football skills? Okay. Well, obviously, yeah, like I said, so I will on the channel from time to time, just because people think it's quite interesting and, and funny, I'll just do intros in another, in a random language and then put subtitles there for, for everybody. But one of the coolest things ever is that what you'll see, and you guys probably have seen this in different teams and stuff that you have worked with, there's always a click in a group, right? Well, and it's not, it's a natural human thing, but on for instance, keeping it to the, the Danish team, the guys that spoke French 
hung out together. The guys that spoke Spanish and Portuguese also hung out together. Not only would they hang out together, but on the field, they would also be around each other because they couldn't understand Danish and they'd have to translate. So what's really interesting is that on the football field, I'm, I've noticed that I have an ability now to literally just kind of flow through the entire team and be a part of every single social circle that is just, I'm almost like the hub. I've had times at training where the coach will say the thing and then I have to go translate it to one guy over here, the Russian over here, this guy over here, this guy doesn't speak, you know what I mean? And it just becomes this whole entire world. Uh, but, you know, in the long-term goal, football, the great thing is that it's a world, it's the world sport. Spanish obviously makes sense because there's so many Spanish speaking people that love the game and that are looking for, for this type of content and we're able to, to give it to them. And I think probably German will be next, but there's no end to it. Uh, so it really blends really nicely with, <laughs> with what I'm doing. In addition to being something that blends really nicely with what you're doing, I'm curious to know, uh, Benny and I are both musicians. So we've talked a bit about some of the parallels we've noticed to train to be musicians and like with learning languages. So I'm curious if with you, you've noticed the parallels that some of your training as an athlete, have you been able to apply any of the things that you do for that to your language learning? Yeah, <laughs> a lot. I mean, at, at the first, because just uh, we spoke about this also before, just like, and I'm not sure what, what sort of instruments or what sort of music you guys are, are, are producing, but you suck at the beginning. You're awful. I can also play the guitar. And if I could go back and watch myself play the guitar, I'm sure I'd have, it'd be a hundred, hundred million views on YouTube. And especially I can't sing. So if like you even, got, I can't imagine what it looked like. So the parallels become one of, I think they're principles, who knows, maybe these are even principles of nature, but the, your ability to chunk down and to learn the basics and then to obviously, all right, put one finger on the fret or, you know, uh, in, in football, okay, we're going to work on passing today. I know everybody wants to go shoot the ball as hard as they can, but today we're only going to focus on introductions. I want you to master that today. Is that even an achievable goal? Yes, it is. Just like I can teach a six-year-old kid in one day, I can teach them how to pass the ball in a cone with almost 80% success. You in one day can probably learn everything you would need to know to introduce yourself and be confident in that small situation. Who I am, what, what do you do? Nice to meet you. These sort of phrases that'll kind of give you a, a thing. And I mean, it is a dangerous thing in, in my opinion to just obviously go get centered and focused on phrases, but I think they should be used as a crutch in order to get people to get into those, those dangerous, you got to get, it, it does sound cliche to say, get out of your comfort zone. And I would more say it's more necessary to, to be okay feeling uncomfortable and being in the danger zone. And a phrase will do that. If you learn how to say, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing right now? And you go up to someone and say that they're going to come back at you with a whole bunch of stuff. And if you've also learned how to say, could you speak slowly? You know, then you've got two things in your phrase. You got a, your other vocab and, and you're good to go, you know, but the only other thing that I would draw a parallel from is that I was seen as, as, as Benny and I were talking He's driven and uh, I, I, I would even say ambitious. It's an ambitious thing to do what he's doing. I see the same mentality um, that 
I see in sports in someone who is a true polyglot and language learner, which is it's going to suck at first. I don't care. I'm going to be okay with it. I'm going to keep going. There's going to be obstacles. I know there are going to be obstacles. I'm going to find a way around them and through them. And that's what you get in the professional. So few, few guys are lucky enough to make it to the professional world. And most of them have been met with absurd amounts of difficulty. And in order to get through that, you know, you have to find a way. And I see the same thing in languages. You have to, you have to find a way to get past those initial stages, you know? So that's what I would say. What, uh, what do you speak specifically, if I may ask? Um, it's a little bit hard. I'm up to 13. So it depends on the day and what I'm actively using. But um, like my stronger languages are French, Mandarin, Chinese, Croatian. Um, and I'm currently working on Hebrew and Russian. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I obviously I love speaking all these, these different languages. It's so cool to meet people that have also spoken Eastern European languages as well, because it gives people a trip. Obviously, for those of you guys listening, I am black and an African American. And so it always freaks people out <laughs> when, okay, so here's a, here's an experience one. You're asking me for experience. It just got something in my head. I was in Kansas city and, uh, Kansas is quite multicultural for the most part. But um, one day we were filming video and we happened to be on, on the soccer field and a guy came up on a little tiny golf cart, just zzz, and he hopped off and he was, he was angry and we saw that he was angry. But you know, when we film, we're very, we're joking and all our videos have funny skits in them and our podcasts, you know, we just joke around. We talk about all sorts of crazy stuff. We're really laid back. So he came out with this really different energy and he comes out and says, you can't be here. And we're thinking it's the middle of a Tuesday in the summer and there's 15 fields. No one's out here. Why can't we be here? So we were really nice and calm. And he goes, you can't be here. You can't film here. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to call the governor and tell And we're thinking, how have you, how have you gotten, how did we get from zero to you're going to call the governor, which also, by the way, as if he could be bothered that two grown men are on a, on a soccer field recording videos to help teach kids how to play soccer as if he cares. And, uh, so the guy, he wanted us off. He didn't care what, uh, it was going to take. And we, at that point we were, we started, okay. I admit we made it, we started to make some fun we started making fun of him because we thought it was funny. He's trying to kick some guys off a field and we're not doing anything. And anyway, he goes, do I need to say it in another language or what? And my friend B uh, is smiling, obviously, and thinking there's no way that this guy knows more languages than him. It's very rare when you meet, you know, polyglots are rare. And, uh, and so he goes, yeah, why don't you, why don't you say it in another, another language? And he, out of nowhere, and this doesn't make any sense. And I don't know how, if either of you are, are speaking Russian, but he goes, Zatknis. And Zatknis is the Russian word for shut up. And he said it with a very thick accent as well, obviously thinking that the black guy in the middle of Kansas won't speak any Russian. Why would he know any Russian? So I immediately start coming back to him with why are you telling me to shut up in Russian and all this stuff. And it was, it turned out it was just his party trick. That was maybe his, 
his super hammer card that he throws on everybody, you know, to show that he's really cool and that he, he can, I don't know where he got it. I don't know why he thought that was a, a cool thing, but that's one of those experiences telling that guy off in Russian, which we had some fun with. Uh, and we got, we didn't get it on camera because he cut, he took over camera, but we have the recording of it, which is just a lot of fun. We never put it out, you know, but yeah, that's one of those experiences that you're just never going to have. And it's a lot of fun, obviously. So just um, one thing that I wanted to ask you that's kind of more directly related to the stuff that I'm doing myself, and maybe some people will find their own inspiration in it, is uh, the idea you've got for starting your separate channel in Spanish. And I know there's a, a kind of a this intimidation that we would have for creating content in another language to be consumed by natives of that language. And no matter how good your skills are, it's still going to be intimidating. So how are you tackling that whole thing? Because I, I want, I want to get into that myself. And I'm, I'm personally still, even though my Spanish is at a C2 level, I still have that level of intimidation. Like, am I worthy enough of making content in Spanish? And, you know, some of it is, is just a, a competence thing, but otherwise the practical end of it, what are you going to be doing uh, with your new channel? So I can answer that with with two things. It's actually really very uh, relevant to what I, I've just done. So I've just filmed uh, a video with someone who I mentioned speaks is an is an American that's moved to Sweden, uh, which is where I'm at right now, and I speak Danish. Those those languages are for the most part quite intelligible to 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 two speakers, and definitely if you were to read them. And I mentioned his accent is incredibly thick. He has a YouTube channel where he speaks on just the culture, different things that are happening in, in Sweden, etc. But what he found is that when he started doing all of his videos in Swedish, they loved it because one of the coolest things is that he's giving a different, he's different, you know, here's a guy well out of his, you know, normal settings with an ability to speak their language and to talk about things that they also know about. And what I found, which is really interesting, especially with some of the smaller languages, is that they love it. They love hearing foreigners speak about their language. I have one of the most viral videos in Finnish history, uh, where what we did was take foreign footballers speaking Finnish. And all we did was give a bunch of guys, there's probably 10 foreigners, different from different places and all over the, the world, give them some Finnish words, which are ridiculous looking, you know, to, to someone who doesn't speak and said, speak, you know, I, I will, I will definitely show you guys and send you guys the link, but it ended up going viral across the whole country because here's a professional team, you know, that's fairly, fairly well known. And these guys just, and apparently, and I still, I, it is funny for someone who doesn't speak, but they thought it was the funniest thing ever. It just blew up. It was all over, you know, the, the news, there was on blogs and the newspaper is just all sorts of stuff. But to answer your question on how I'm going to do it, the same way that I mentioned how I start to learn a language. So what I've done is my Spanish is great. However, there are definitely certain things that I've never needed to say, that I've never needed to express, even within the football world. So it immediately becomes a, okay, I need to and want to be able to convey the same level of charisma, goofiness, craziness, as well as those technical aspects. So I broke down essentially what it is that I would be saying by studying also other YouTubers who are putting out Spanish content in sort of a similar style as, I mean, it's not going to be similar to, to, to us as we, co we combine a whole lot, but 
we're actually probably going to put out almost identical content uh, from the English side, which are, you know, uh, stuff that you can learn for, for the game, as well as all sorts of comedy type of skits mashed right in there. That's what we do. We start you off with the video about football. Before you know it, you're watching us do something crazy, and then we'll get you back to the to the main point of the, the show. So that's what I found, and I see it's okay. I immediately also then run through my intros and outros also and stuff like that alone all the time, just when I have some time to do it, just do it in the other language until it feels comfortable. Because I think that's kind of the thing. And also, like I said, in the end, I know they'll enjoy seeing some American guy with Spanish not being his mother tongue. It's kind of cool. It's just like, why is he speaking? And then before you know it, they appreciate it. And that's the idea. Uh, regarding your Spanish background, you had mentioned a while ago that your mom would make you watch Spanish TV so that you could watch Pokemon or do other things. Was there anything else that she did with you when you were younger to help you learn the Spanish language? So, I mean, it was much, much more than that. So instead, it wasn't actually even Spanish TV. Those was those were uh, Spanish programs aimed at teaching Spanish to children. And then she made me take the uh, Spanish. I was I had a Spanish tutor after school um, and Spanish classes. So I was comfortable in Spanish, although I was still a little nervous, I would say. I was still probably comfortable by the time I was 14. I can definitely remember her telling someone, hey, my son speaks Spanish and me being like, oh my God, she's putting me on the spot. I have to speak Spanish to this guy who definitely is from some Spanish speaking country. And then, and then going, oh, I know what you're saying. I can speak back to you, you know? And so I think what she showed me obviously was A, how easy it is when you apply yourself to to it. And I also wasn't studying any other languages. And she knew that that would be beneficial. And little did she know, it's literally set me off. It's going to net me quite a bit. And it's given me an ability to, to transcend the sport. I mean, I think without that, I don't think I would be even here talking to you right now today. So uh, those were, that was it. So it was just those lessons and and that uh, the program, that crazy green monster. <laughs> I know what it is now. Now that you've mentioned that it was for learners, it's Muzzy and Gondoland from the BBC. Muzzy. Muzzy. I knew I had to start with an M. Muzzy and Gondoland. I, I actually watched that to learn Esperanto of all things. Okay. See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It works. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Oh, that's crazy. And like, what, what are your kind of longer term goals with your languages? Like, what's the big picture that you see yourself doing with all these languages and with the content that you're making and with your life in general as you expand with these languages? Yeah, I think it's actually quite infinite. So I, I don't really know. Just, uh, you know, I, when I was 16, I thought that it would be cool. I got the maybe 15, 16, I thought it would be cool to, to speak 10 languages. That was just kind of a thing that I got in my head. Um, and I'm around eight now. And uh, I'm not so obsessed with the number anymore. What I found to be more interesting is having an ability to just be plopped down on virtually anywhere on the planet and that there's more or less a chance that I can communicate with people. And uh, that's minus English, you know? And I think that that is what drives me. I think overall, I think it's undoubted that I 
as a person who feels like a true global citizen, I think I've been to somewhere in... I've, I've not counted in a while, but I think I've, I'm in the 70s as far as how many countries I've traveled to so far. Um, I think I'm going to round it out definitely with the Arabic and Chinese are two languages that I'm going to have to take because I would like to truly have an ability to feel like I can travel and go anywhere and, and speak. And I would like that these all blend. What I've done with my life is kind of mesh all of my interests into one. That's kind of how, you know, uh, so I've, our podcast, we have, we have two podcasts, one, the way of Will John. And on that podcast, I have, I just want to try and get interesting people. And, and the whole idea behind that is trying to find people that are doing excellent things and to mesh it together. So with languages, my true hope is that I can mesh all of this into business. I can get myself to also continue to maybe host certain events in these languages, to feel comfortable, to go on TV shows and, and speak about all the things that I'm doing in those languages, regardless of if I'm at a, a mastery level, that I can just be understood and uh, and understand who I'm speaking to. So in the long term, that's, that's it. I just kind of want to keep going. That'll allow me to expand my knowledge and my opportunities. So you said you wanted to learn Arabic and Chinese, given that these languages are going to be a little bit different because they have different writing systems or outside of the language families that you're already familiar with, being that you focus kind of on Slavic and Latin or Romance languages. Um, do you think that your approach for learning them will be any different or do you think you're just going to continue to use what you've been doing? I have a little. I've been to Egypt quite a bit. And I can say that I, I enjoy doubt. It's, it's impossible. I think once, you know, once you catch the language bug, it's really hard for you to not to travel to a place, even if you don't intend on learning the language and not just kind of pick up some stuff. Right. So, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a complete, complete beginner. I by no means speak the language, but I think that my approach will more or less be, uh, the same because I will be making sure that I put myself in those situations that drive me, that are annoying, you know, guys, like everybody knows they're just annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. You got to get, you got to get through that. But if you put yourself in those positions where you got to talk to the taxi guy, you get you, or you, you go to the restaurant and you're going to pretend like you don't speak English. That's probably my favorite thing to do. Actually, I do it in the U S just for fun. I've never filmed it, but I think I should, but I will act like I'm not from, and then I'll, I'll kind of edge the I'll egg the person on to try and guess like where I'm from uh, like this, but I'll just speak in a different language. And so, yeah, I, I think my, my overall approach will be no different. It will start with a little bit of comprehensible input. I love to, to read, to, to maximize it really stories and, and reading. I, I start to notice that as I walk away from when I put the book down, if I've been reading something, you know, uh, in, you know, Swedish is right now kind of something that I'm, I'm, I'm getting into. I notice as I go off and go about my day, that story, the track, it comes back in your mind. You don't really understand to what level it's also really good for, for maintenance. Uh, I read a lot in Italian. It's kind of becoming my, my second language in a, in a certain sense. I kind of put everything in Italian. I'll, I'll do my notes in all sorts of languages. I can, I played in Serbia and they obviously use Cyrillic. So you're talking about other scripts so I can read Cyrillic, which helped when I went to go learn Russian. It's not exactly the same, but it, oh my God, I was well ahead of where I needed to be. And um, so I'll, I'll do certain things like that. I, I'm excited to, to try and, and do those things. So we'll see, I guess. 
And you've got a lot of uh, different projects that you're running. I want to make sure we give people access to to find them. So can you share uh, with us? Obviously, we'll have all the links in the show notes. But you know, you've got football, you've got YouTube channels, you've got podcasts. What what are the names of all of these that uh, you're uh, working on, and what do you have in the upcoming future other than your Spanish channel that you think you might be working on? So yeah, I mean, to make it as simple as possible, obviously, you know, uh, if you typed in Will John, that's that's my name. The guy with two first names makes it really easy to market things. But uh, that's my YouTube channel, and that's where it's kind of the hub and in, in base of things since we've been going for a little over three years. And um, over there, you can find all sorts of soccer stuff and all sorts of different crazy stuff. We have also two podcasts. One is called The Way of Will John, um, which Benny, you were just, just on. And I've, we've had all sorts of guests on there, best-selling authors, uh, naval intelligence officers, just anything that might be cool that I'm hoping people can learn stuff from. That's called The Way of Will John. We have another podcast called Biscuits and Tea which is just three guys talking about all this crazy nonsense that's happening in the world. And uh, all of that we put also on video, which is on 11th uh, Commandment. So 11th Commandment YouTube channel is where you can see that. So those three links I can give to you guys and you guys can check all the stuff out. As far as the future, Spanish is next. Uh, There's talks of a possible type of TV show, Twitch show. We've got a lot of really cool things. Corona has stopped a bit of things, obviously, but um, things are, are are ongoing since we're we're all online and guys are trying to figure out ways to do Zoom camps. And I just i I can't get my head around trying to have thirty nine year olds on a Zoom call and trying to keep their attention. So you can count me out for that one. But yeah, that's what we got. As Benny said, we'll definitely make sure to include all of that in the show notes. But there's one more question that we like to ask all of our guests. So we'll go ahead and pose it to you before we wrap things up. And that is, what is language hacking to you? I would say language hacking, kind of like I said before, is an ability to understand and be uh, understood as quick as possible um, to the best of your ability. And I don't think it has to be perfect at all. I think the entire idea behind language hacking has to be about giving information and getting information. What can you learn from this simple interaction with another human or from this book or from this TV show? And it just does not have to be perfect at all. And that's also what's allowed me to do this because I'm not perfect in all the languages, in any of them. You could pick up a random word in any of those languages and it, it might be something that I've never come across. I could understand it with context, but... For me, that's that's language hacking. And also, I think it's all about refining my ability to learn the languages as I go along because I sucked at the beginning and I'm much better at it now and I'm much more confident now. And uh, I think I guess the last thing to add on that is language hacking is also an ability and a chance for you to impress your soul, your charisma, your style on that language. And that gives you something incredibly unique. and. I I let that drive me because I, I would love to see who is Will John in Arabic and in Chinese, you know? So that's what I would consider language hacking. I really like that. I haven't heard a unique answer to it to impress your soul into that culture. 
It's a great way to put it. Absolutely love that. So thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a very interesting conversation. And of course, thanks for having me on your own podcast. Of course, anytime. Um, as we said, everything will be in the show notes so people can um, check out Will John a bit more. And otherwise, I wish everybody who's, who's been listening a happy language learning. Happy language learning. At the end of each episode, Shannon and I like to share a takeaway, something that stood out to us that you can make a part of your language hacking journey. Will actually mentioned that he bases how he learns on the scenarios he knows he'll encounter in another language. He plans them out, prepares for them, and then he rehearses them. Think about what situations you might encounter in your new language. Make a list, then start to think about the types of words and phrases you'll need to succeed in those situations. Write them down, figure out how to say them in your new language, and then practice them with an exchange partner or a tutor. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave us a review at languagehacking.com review. Until next time, happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis and Shannon Kennedy and produced by David Sobel, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.